0: you need indeed you're listening to broncos for breakfast with nick kendall and scott kennedy
1: welcome in welcome in it is what is it god thursday morning i have what day of the week it is it is it november 3rd
2: football time then you have to mark it by thursday night football
1: exactly i mean heck we are back football is Almost every single day of the week, we got action going on here on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. I know you were tuning in for uh, Northern Illinois last night, but uh, welcome in, welcome in. It's Thursday morning, November third at uh, seven thirty Mountain Time AM, and that means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am your host, Nick Kendall, out here in Seattle, and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy on the other end out there in Atlanta. Scott, good morning to you. Uh, how you doing? How are things? And uh, got some kind of breaking Broncos news to get into today.
2: Yeah, things are good. And, uh, you know, before we put a bow on this uh, Bradley Chubb stuff, you know, which we won't do until the draft, really. Yeah. Um, you know, his it, it broke this morning about 7 a.m. Uh, Eastern time that he had signed his contract with the Miami Dolphins. And like I said, before we put a bow on it, um, it's it's relevant. You know, the, the discussion about the, the trade and why it happened and was it the right move? You know, you know Aaron P. has a question coming in we'll get to uh you know right away. So it's still relevant news. And uh we'll we'll get into that for sure. We'll get into some of uh, you know, we may touch a little bit on the next game, but you know, that's it's a bye week. So still plenty of team building stuff to go along and uh, we'll have a good show. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And we are midway through the season. I kept saying to start the year I was gonna give it eight games before we really had an idea of what this team was, what this offense looked like. And unfortunately uh, we're eight games in and it isn't exactly uh what we had hoped. But uh, we're going to peel back that onion a bit and get into it. But first, we want to say hello to some people in the chat on this fine Thursday morning. First, we got Ethan coming in, the DWI guy saying, good afternoon, Jensen Broncos country. Scott, Ethan, I'm a jealous you guys got to hang out there in London, but I uh, hope you had a good time. Also heard Ethan joined the, uh, the live stream for a bit there or made an appearance of some sort. So good to have you in here, Ethan. Uh, good to know that there's a, a face behind the, uh, the cool graphic there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, sometimes I didn't use your last name or anything. Not that you're hard to find. when you have your business as your handle, but you know, it's uh, it had a, had a blast in London hanging out. And uh, thanks again for everything you do for for this show. I, I said it to you. I'll say it to everybody. I wouldn't have been in London if not for Ethan and the DWI guys and his generosity for this program. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, thank you so much. Good to see Ethan. We got Kevin Gray coming in
1: here saying good morning Broncos country. Nick and Scott, just hoping they are okay for the rest of the season. Hope the 49ers tank, uh, fans is 68. This will get better Denver Broncos for life. Hopefully it'll get better. Uh, right now it's, we're on a winning streak right now, right? And if we can put another one together, then you're sitting there at four and five. Then you got the lowly Raiders at home. You got to get a little revenge game. I mean, one game at a time. I know it's so cliche, but you can only play who's next on your schedule. So, um, you dug a hole, but you have a chance to dig yourself out here going forward. And luckily you got a bi-week to kind of rectify things and uh, build on that positive momentum. We got Aaron P in here saying, good morning. Would you have rather extended uh, Chubb instead of the Gregory signing? Well, we know now what Chubb got paid. We'll take, and... take
2: that in a vacuum and then we'll get into why that wasn't necessarily, those weren't necessarily mutually exclusive.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I like them both. Uh, both of them have extensive injury histories, Randy Gregory's contract is extremely flexible, uh, which is fantastic. It's essentially a two-year deal where he's getting paid uh, a fraction of what a lot of top edge rushers get. I mean, you look at what Randy Gregory got, and I know he's already injured, and that's part of the factor here when you're signing him in here. But uh, compared to what the Raiders paid for Chandler Jones, who is older and has, what, half a sack so far this season, um, you you are definitely doing a lot better uh, than – the Raiders with signing a uh, Chandler Jones and getting Chubb out there. I mean, you did not have to give up anything for Chubb besi- or for Gregory beside cap space. It's a little bit of hindsight 2020, but I was listening to the athletic podcast and I think it was Mike Sando who covered the Seahawks for a number of years. And he talked about uh, Gregory and Browning versus that of Bradley Chubb. And with Gregory and Browning in this more penny front, uh, which for those at home, a penny front is like five down linemen, three interior defensive linemen, two edges, and then one linebacker. You need those edges to be able to be more flexible in terms of, are they coming or are they going? And Gregory and Browning specifically are more of the outside linebacker body types and abilities where they're better going downhill and rushing the passer, but they can drop into space uh, pretty smoothly, length, uh, fluidity in the hips, et cetera, et cetera. Chubb is more of your classic hand in the dirt kind of guy. He can do some stuff dropping in space, but he's more of a classic 4'3". Uh, Defensive end or edge rusher compared to those two guys with the defense, the Broncos are running right now. So I thought that was an excellent point. Um, so maybe for this type of defense going forward with the Scott, roll your eyes here, simulated pressures. Are those edge rushers coming and going um, zone blitzes? They're not always zone though. Cause they play a lot of cover one man kind of stuff with simulated pressure up front still, but I digress. Um, I both good edge rushers. I think the Broncos came out about as good as you could hope uh, considering the circumstances around both players.
2: Yeah, and and Aaron, I saw this question, and and I like this: Is would you rather extend Chubb instead of uh, the Randy Gregory signing? Um, they don't really have a lot to do with the other. The, the The numbers behind Randy Gregory, you see, five years, seventy million. No, no, it's not. It's actually a two year deal with club options. Yeah. So it's as as Nick said, very flexible. So you're talking about two years, thirty million for Randy Gregory and you're talking 3 years 65 million for Bradley Chubb. That's the real money in these deals right now. So, it's almost it was almost just a little less than double the money to keep Chubb as opposed to sign Gregory. So, with that flexibility, you've gotten your you got your Bradley Chubb replacement in Gregory for next season. That's what he's there for. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it doesn't work out, you can get out you're out from his contract. You're you're out from it. Um, you know, right now, would you resign him? No, you know, these guys but I'd say the same thing about Chubb. Would I have given Chubb a three-year $65 million guaranteed deal? Probably not. Uh, that's a lot of money for a guy who has had trouble staying on the field. Uh, the 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 Randy Gregory one was a risk, but it was much less risky financially than what the Dolphins just tied into Bradley Chubb, which is 20 plus million over three years. Um so would I have rather signed Chubb instead of Gregory on these deals? I'd probably rather have two years, 30 million of Brandon Gregory than three years, 65 million of Bradley Chubb and a first round draft pick. You know, yeah. let's not forget that part. You know, that's when, when we're talking about this, why does you know, people are upset about this deal. One, I, I kind of, you know, said that I believe, let me, uh, let me meet my phone real quick. Sorry. I forgot to do that. Um, I believe that you're in discussions with Bradley Chubb during this whole time. Can we get an extension done? Can we get a deal done? You're, you're having those discussions. What's it going to take? George Payton basically said, yeah, we had those discussions and I'll leave it at that. Okay, he did. He didn't get the answer he wanted. Um, Then you're down to, you know, where is your season? Okay, if we're not going to be able to bring him back, then... What What is he going to be for this season for us? Okay, well, we're not six and one. We're not seven and two. Um, we're sellers. Okay? So would I have rather had Randy Gregory at two years and 30 in a first-round pick than Bradley Chubb? The short answer on that one is yes. Yes, yeah. I would. Yeah, absolutely. And the Broncos beefed up their draft capital doing
1: that, beefed up a little bit of flexibility with cap space uh, for next offseason as well hopefully they can use that to increase their security on the offensive side of the ball and the offensive line if you want to increase your security uh, make sure you guys are checking out our sponsor today nordvpn broncos country if you're like me you're increasingly getting more concerned about cyber crime with people stealing your private data and invading your privacy i'm not all that tech savvy but that's why i use nordvpn on all my browsers whether it's the desktop tablet laptop, or phone. VPN stands for virtual private network and NordVPN protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's incredibly easy to use, which means I don't have to be an MIT graduate to figure it out. With just one click, I'm protected. It's very intuitive. With NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices protected. I no longer have to worry about hackers, malicious sites, and pop-ups. For a price of a single cup of coffee per month, I have complete peace of mind knowing that my devices and data are protected. Plus, with NordVPN, I'm never a slave to media blackouts. I can switch my virtual location to a market that is showing the NFL game I want to watch so I don't miss out on any of the action and can watch it all live. Broncos country, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash mhh to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash mhh to get four months free. Make sure you check it out today.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform
2: All right. Thanks to Nord VPN and thank you, for Broncos Country, for supporting those who help support us. Kevin Seven coming in, coming in green with the super chat on YouTube. He says, uh, fellas, for real, losing faith in Hackett. Uh I think a lot of us are same mistakes every game. Hopefully, we use the first round pick to trade down. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of faith in Nathaniel Hackett across the board right now. There is time to turn that around, coming off a nice win, get another one, start stacking a couple wins but that has to happen. If it doesn't, you know, the trajectory, did the trajectory change for you, Nick? You know, uh, I I think the, 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 the straight line down, like, okay, it's done. May have flattened out a little bit. Okay. Maybe he's got a chance and that arrow has to point up for him to come back. It may have flattened out a little bit, but it's still a downward trajectory. I think he's still on the one and done path for right now. I don't think he's done enough in one game against Jacksonville to say that yeah, you go, let's give him let's give him another year to make sure. I don't think we're there yet.
1: No, we're not there yet. I don't know. As far as I want and done, I thought you were talking about the games. Um, I they could easily lose this Titan game and he'd be out of a job. Um, <laughs> but it depends on it how they're more they serious lose. about
2: it than I am. He's talking
1: week to week.
2: I'm in at least getting the year.
1: I don't think he is uh, the full year right now. From what I've gathered from people who I respect and have closer ties than I do, um, mm-hmm. so. Uh, It sounds like they were fully prepared to, if they lost that Jacksonville game, that they maybe were going to be left in London, you know, metaphorically speaking. So um, definitely a possibility. I don't know who has faith in Hackett, but they won. They bought himself another week. Uh, It's kind of ugly right now, but at the same time, they have the ability to protect themselves and keep giving themselves uh, lifelines. If they go out to Nashville and the offense looks better and they stop the stupid, gosh darn penalties, uh, then... You know, maybe you buy yourself two weeks. Um, maybe you buy yourself the season. You know, I said at the beginning, it's really cliche, but you are you are in a hole. You have to take it one week, one challenge, one drive, one play at a time uh, going forward. Here, there's no other way to do it. You can't worry about the outside noise, and we'll figure out about Hackett's ability to deal with adversity and everything. Part of this is maybe not hiring all the right people around him on the offensive side of the ball. You put yourself in that position, hiring the staff. Uh, part of it might also be the the power dynamics between the quarterback and the head coach, but it's the hand you were dealt and uh, you can only really you can only control what you can control and blame yourself for uh, what you have the ability to change and be better at. So that's on you too as a head
2: coach, Nick a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, So Kevin, appreciate you coming in. Kenny Booker, KB 82 coming in. Good morning. Is there any word on what Denver's Judy was asking and what the giants offered? Um, I saw something early that morning from Giants beat writers basically saying it was like a second and change, like a two and a four somewhere yep. in that neighborhood, somewhere, somewhere like the Roquan Smith deal, and they weren't willing to to meet that. Um that's rumor and in, innuendo that sounds plausible. So I chose to believe it. <laughs> but I don't know that for a fact uh at all, Kenny. And Jake coming in. I like this question, Nick. Uh, said, hey guys, we all know Glasgow is a way better option, but does the coaching staff know that when Cushionberry comes back healthy? Again, this is purely hearsay, but my understanding was the
1: coaching staff was fine with multiple options at the uh, offensive line uh, alignment allotment, and it was more Russell Wilson pulling for Cushionberry being that center as opposed to Glasgow. Now, again, not talking to Russell Wilson directly, I haven't heard that from one of the offensive linemen directly, but I'd heard it from multiple players unconnected people so that makes me think that there might be something
2: there to that um that said proof go ahead yeah now now it's up to glasgow you know if glasgow you know if he wally pips is, is behind um for those of you who aren't 100 years old like i am uh wally pip was the player who came was was replaced by lou gehrig that started the iron man streak um and I'm, i think that's right i'm getting mm-hmm. so old i'm forgetting these you're things right. Nope, you're right uh, i remember wally pip more than i was like this is you know cal ripkin's the iron man you know so um it, it's up to him now it's up to glasgow glasgow plays better and the denver broncos keep playing the way they did in the second half and mm-hmm. can continue on and push on in that direction cushionberry's not coming back in mm-hmm. flat out uh you'd have a revolt on your hands um you know that's just it's just not how sports work. You know, oh, we hate to see a guy loses his, his place to injury. He didn't lose it to injury; he lost. He's losing his place because a guy is playing better than he was before. Uh, it, so, so we'll see. And then Kevin G coming in also. Um, he asks, uh, "What grade would you give us for the new players and the Chub trade, Nick?" Chase Edmonds, and I said this last night, and I feel
1: like I hadn't heard this being talked about from anybody in the denver side of things but i think it's an important aspect of this broncos need a little bit more explosiveness and pass catching ability out of the running back position so trading in for chase edmonds makes sense he got a big deal from miami this year coming from arizona however he stunk with miami so far this season so maybe that'll be helpful for him coming in here but a big reason that he's here is because of accounting Mm -hmm. the there was a deadline for when teams could take on cash in a trade. uh So the Broncos eat whatever when they trade Chubb, that timeline passed um when they traded Chubb. So that meant that the Dolphins had to move somebody in order to make financial room to take on Chubb. And lo and behold, you have a contract here coming in with Chase Edmonds, who has just signed this offseason coming over to Denver, makes it so that the finances work out for Bradley Chubb to be sent to Miami. So that one, again, I think it's more of a financial thing than, uh, oh my God, Chase Edmonds is going to totally revolutionize the position for the Broncos on offense. Maybe you get five snaps, 10 snaps a game. We'll see. We'll take it game by game with him. As far as uh, Jacob Martin, I think you bring in much needed depth. And I think it's insurance for Browning and Gregory as much as anything. Uh, It's kind of like for Scott over here, uh, the Falcons trading for Felton at the cornerback position, you're dealing with injuries. You still are wanting to compete right now. Didn't cost you very much in terms of capital to bring it in here. You offer some short-term competence uh, for the position. And I think, and some special teams ability as well. I don't think he's going to come in and displace uh, Jonathan Cooper. I don't think he's going to compete with him, uh, but he offers more special teams and uh, run defense than somebody like Nick Benito. So I think they're like C trades
2: those. that's the big one. is the first round pick for Bradley Chubb. Plus the well, looks funny possibility is the profile just on paper for Martin looks a lot like Malik Reed, <laughs> you know, he yeah. might be better in run defense, but it's like, okay, this guy's got decent numbers. You know, he's got numbers similar to Randy Gregory. How come he's being cast off? Um, I, I agree with you. Edmonds for me was a throw in. I I didn't really even consider it. It was the first round pick, but it, to me, you know, I said Tuesday morning and then I get off and search Twitter. I'm like, oh crap, this really is going to happen after I just get done saying, you know, 90%. <laughs> 90%. I'm like, there's no way somebody's giving up a first round pick and signing him to $120 million. Well, yeah, it happens. So in and, and Miami did it. So that I've, thought it was that improbable and Denver was able to do it that's Mm -hmm. an a for me man um you know for all the reasons I just said you're gonna lose him anyway you know with or without this trade in 2023 Bradley Chubb is not gonna be a Denver Bronco that's everything I believe based on everything that has happened I said that going in these are the reasons why you do this and then it happened and then people that have chirped just a little bit That's what was happening. He wasn't gonna be here. He was not gonna be here unless you tag him and then he threatens to sit out and it ends up being really ugly anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's 25 million that you don't necessarily have. So you really had to make a choice between Draymond Jones and Bradley Chubb because you've got escalators coming up in the salary cap. Yeah, you might have 17 now and you can change that and restructure some guys, but you're gonna have to pay Draymond Jones. Um, Russell Wilson's salary cap hit starts starts escalating. Randy Gregory's salary cap hit triples. Um, so you've got some escalators coming in. You, you couldn't afford $25 million in Chubb and then keep some of the, some other guys. You made a decision, and you got a first-round pick for a guy who wanted to leave anyway. The Chubb trade's an A for me. It really is. Yeah, I mean, when Bradley Chubb was off to a
1: terrific start after the Broncos were two and one to start the season. Uh, I asked around a little bit on this. Like I know the Broncos financially doesn't make sense. I love Draymond Jones. What are the chances we can get both these guys? And all the answers I kept getting back was right right now. I'd consider it a long shot for Bradley Chubb to be back here in 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh, Given the moves the Broncos set up right now, obviously want to see what happens with Benito and Browning. And if Gregory can stay healthy. Well, Benito, right now I'm not ready to. Uh, you know, I was not big on the the draft pick of Benito when it happened, just because I thought he was so detrimental in the run game. Right. Uh, but playing the penny front, where it's a five man front, you have a lot more one on one situations, and I think that's more beneficial than the gap and a half or really hard uh, edge setting that you need for more of a four man front.
2: Yeah, and uh, uh, and and just what Nick is saying here is in a in an old fashioned nickel and dime, which is you know me old fashioned, is four two. You know, you're going four man front. The old nickel and dime defenses that you hear with five defensive backs and six defensive backs are four-man fronts. Yep. And this is three man, this is basically a three-three, or depending on how you want to change it, with one inside linebacker, two edge guys, and three. So a five-man front ends up being that way. Well, as Nick is saying, with a heavier front with your six defensive backs out there, you're basically getting rid of the inside linebackers. Yep. Um, which is okay. And yeah, with with a five-man front, Benito, if you if you're a one-trick pony and your one trick is sacking the quarterback, that's a pretty good one to have. You'll make a lot of money in this league.
1: Yeah. And also pretty good in uh space. I mean, Oklahoma, um, uh, when they used him at there, he was honestly more of a second-level stack linebacker in those rushdowns where he played at the second level and came downhill versus the edge position uh at the uh uh when there was pass situations kind of like uh, for anybody at home kind of some throwout back names Bruce Irvin did that a lot with the Seahawks uh played that second level and then would come down and be an edge rusher on obvious pass downs
2: Bruce Irvin was it was interesting I don't know if I've told you this story before I was out at uh scouting players at Mount San Antonio Junior College uh which is in California and I see this guy I'm like where you know where is this guy from he's like Stevenson High School Stevenson High School may have well have been in my backyard I mm-hmm. broke every single piece of news in Georgia that came out of Stevens in high school. I'm like, how did I miss this guy? There's no way I miss this guy. I'm like, oh, he was in prison when he was 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was nope. like, oh, I, I never verified that, but that was the word. I was like, okay, that's how I miss Bruce Urban. But Bruce Urban was, you've heard me say, you know, the word has become twitchy eventually, but he just kind of reminded me of Pogo stick. Yeah. The bounce that he had. He's like, boing, yep. the boing. I was like, I love this guy. And that makes sense. That's a perfect comp for him with the... Thin, he's not all that big, Um, may not ever get all that big, but has the ability to flat-out move and get after the quarterback.
0: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with pepsi wild cherry also available in zero sugar so grab a pepsi wild cherry and get wild
2: for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yep. And with the five man front,
1: the penny front, if you will, I think there's a little bit more value uh, to that position, especially at 64. I mean, let's say he's never a starting edge rusher. You need three out there. And if your super sub is a guy who can bend the corner and be out there and, like, okay, it's. 3rd and 5 or 2 and 10. It's an obvious pass situation. God bless. your ears back. Let's go. So Jacob Foster coming in with the support over on Facebook. God bless you, Jacob. Hope you're doing well. Everybody we appreciate it a little while, Jacob. Welcome back. Welcome back, Jacob. Hope you're doing well. We got some more supers coming in here. Ethan uh, coming in with the 20 pounds coming in uh, saying, in addition to saving cash this year by not having Chubb to pay Chubb's salary, they also save salary cap next year by being able to carry the savings over. Absolutely. Maybe some of that savings will be directed... Quickly to Draymond Jones, I would love to get Draymond Jones taken care of sooner than later. It sounded like I think in George Payton's press conference, it's more likely to come in the off season. You do have the tag to play with with Draymond Jones if it comes to that. Um, Draymond Jones is a phenomenal player. I've been don't want to pat myself on the back too hard on this because it's pretty obvious. And my favorite position Ouch. is the interior defensive line. So I like watch that very thoroughly. Uh, but I've been a huge Draymond Chan- Jones fan for the past few years. And uh, this offseason, banging the drum that this guy's a top 10 interior defensive lineman. He's playing like a top 10 interior defensive lineman this season. He's probably gonna get paid like a top five interior defensive lineman. Uh so that tag in your pocket, which would probably come out to what
2: 17 million dollars? It'd knock on the door of 20 again. It, it, yeah. it would by the time any other deals get done in the offseason before you tag him, yeah. it would it'll knock on the door of 20 again. Which, you know, you talk about okay, um, nobody wants to play on the tag. Draymond's on three million this year. You're gonna give me a six X raise, okay. You know, that's a little different than, uh, and Ethan makes a great point here about Chubb's salary because Chubb was on an option, which is all salary. Okay. So your fifth year option is all salary. What do I mean by that? Meaning the salary cap savings, it basically comes off of your base salary, not previous signing bonuses where most players compensation is these days. It's in signing bonuses. You get it. You pay a guy $1 million. I mean, let's say Let's look at Russell Wilson's contract right now. His base salary is two. It's it's two million. (laughs) So if you traded him, the 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 person that would be just it'd be on the hook for two million. You'd save the prorated version of that. You'd get you know one point one million in savings. But because he was on a fully guaranteed one year option deal, his entire fourteen million was 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 uh, was guaranteed and was all in salary. So roughly $7 million in savings carried over uh, in this deal for the for the Broncos. So great point, Ethan. Appreciate you coming in with the support for sure.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just getting back to Draymond Jones so far this season, PFF doesn't have him graded super high, which
2: I don't know what's going on with PFF's grades in the trenches for the Broncos. I, I told you, the Falcons PFF guys are really good. I haven't been thrilled with PFF and, and the Broncos. I guarantee you they're different people. Oh, 100% they, they, they guaranteed. They are. They are. Um, but looking at Draymond Jones, he's
1: only graded a 53.7 so far this season, which I don't get a 68.7 pass rush grade coffee. When you yeah,
2: said
1: that, <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, his, uh, <laughs> total pressures so far this season tied for second overall, um, out of all interior defensive linemen, only trailing, uh, Jeffrey Simmons and Quinn and Williams. Uh, right now, Draymond Jones is an elite company. Uh, the top guys, in my opinion, not the interior defensive linemen in the NFL, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons and Quinn and you Williams. You don't say there. it. I'm going to reach out
2: and smack you. You better say it. Jarrett's up
1: there as well. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Allen, Dexter Lawrence, Um, Quinn Williams has really come
2: on this season. I adore I was saying, Williams. I was saying Grady Jarrett, uh, Atlanta Falcons. And, and again, it's, it's not that he's an Atlanta Falcon. It's that he's Grady Jarrett and does everything. He's one of those guys with a big old laugh and deep laugh, smile on his face. Fifth round draft pick underappreciated guy. Yeah, And he's just an awesome human being. And he's playing like a madman this year. Yeah,
1: he's been good. I've had the ability to watch both of them. I think Draymond's been a little bit better than Grady this season. But Grady's great. Um, Draymond, (laughs) we might have to agree to disagree with that. We'll see where the contract comes out here. But uh, Vincent coming in here saying this year is young. Still time for Chubb to be Chubb and be injured. Not wishing for that, Vincent. Um, We don't have to cheer against the Dolphins or Chubb at all. Chubb was nothing but a professional here in Denver. So I'm wishing for him for nothing but the best. Unless they're fighting for a playoff spot with the Broncos at the end, but I think that it's probably going to come down to another team besides Miami because Miami probably put themselves in position to be that first AFC wild card uh, behind the
2: Bills. Yeah, they're in the they're in the wrong division to try and go for a buy, um, but yeah, Vincent, that's that again. Would you have felt comfortable? You, you get the news instead of deadline day, they announce an extension, and it's six years, 120 million is what they say, but it's really. 23 a year for the next three years. That's into your cap. You know, I think there would have been, it probably would have been more positive, you know, than than negative compared to the trade, but there would have been a lot of, Oh my God, that's scary. What, you know, that that's, that's scary out here. Um, You know, so it's like, okay, instead of 25, you got 25 million back in salary cap availability and a first round draft pick. I'll take that. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it comes back around Draymond Jones, uh, one of your better players and excited to see what he can do uh, with this contract. Uh, we got KB 82, Kenneth coming in saying, now that we have a first rounders, are there any right tackles that should go picks 15 to 20 that Denver should zero in on? A couple things here. One, we are still far enough away that uh, to know how the draft board is going to slot out. We don't even know. I mean, a year ago at this point, people were talking about the Minnesota offensive tackle, Daniel Falalele being the top pick, and he ends up going the fourth yeah. round or fifth yeah. round. So a lot of things are going to play out. I do think that this offensive tackle class has, there's guys been some guys that have emerged. I know this is going to probably get some eye rolls from some of the people in the chat here. Uh, there's a lot of hype surrounding the Northwestern guy, Peter Skaronsky. Uh, I believe I'm pronouncing the name correctly there at Northwestern. Sounds like he's going to have sub 32-inch arms, um, so count me all the way out at him at uh, offensive tackle. Maybe a center or guard here, but am I taking a center or guard? If the Broncos are picking like 25 to 32, we can start to talk about that there in the first round, but not in the 15 to 20 range. Uh, offense, Ohio State has two offensive tackles that we uh, should be interested in. Their right tackle is about as big as Daniel Falele. Uh, Penn State has an amazing uh, left tackle who maybe we shouldn't even consider him anymore because I don't know if you saw Dane Bruegler's. First big board came out yesterday and uh, he had only had a I can't remember his name uh, as the fifth overall uh, prospect struggle with this class. Yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting one. Um, Maryland has a really good offensive tackle and as does Syracuse uh, and USC has another one also. So this seems like there's some offensive lineman here that uh, we will luckily get a chance to consider, but uh, it's still pretty early. The other thing I want to say here, sorry, I'm a little long winded here, Scott Broncos should never zero in on a single position in the draft. The draft mm-hmm. is extremely fluid. The free agency is about finding players at specific positions and filling out the roster. The draft is about long-term team building. So if you zero in on one single position, you are really limiting yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like, let's say you're, every single draft pick is a dice roll. And you have a chance to, if you have multiple positions, then all you need to do is hit evens, right? Uh, If we hit evens, we're going to be good. So you have multiple options here. One, three, or five. If we roll that, we're going to be fine. If you're single, if you're limiting yourself to one single position, now all I get is if I only I have to roll double sixes, otherwise I'm in trouble. And so you just make the odds so much harder. Uh, so don't
2: zero in on a single position ever. No, you trust your board and you try and fit a need. Um, you know, but if I get to my spot and I'm picking at eighteen, it's like okay, we'd like to get an offensive tackle here, and I look at my board and I've got grades next to everybody. Let's say I've got a numerical grade on it, and my my I've got 93, 93, 93, 93, and my next offensive tackle is 88. I'm not taking an offensive tackle. No. I'm taking one of these guys. Now, if it's a 92, maybe I flip a guy and, and I do that, but also maybe I try and move down a couple spots. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always something you want to do too, and I, I just want to reiterate here that you're not, you might put a guy at right tackle early, um when he comes in but you're not necessarily drafting in the first round for right tackles first round picks are left tackles and it would be a chubb a a long-term Garrett Bowles replacement which is fine which is fine Garrett Bowles is getting older and he's super expensive um and he's actually dare I say has a contract that is movable next year you know there's an eight million dollar savings or you know somewhere in that neighborhood I think it's 18 with a 10 dead cap that makes you vulnerable as a player. Uh, see Patrick Havener coming in with the stars and the support. He says, "Good morning, men. We will ride before this year is out. Maybe. Again, it was a good start. I was I was kind of angry watching the game when Graham Glasgow comes in and starts doing a good job. I'm like, what takes so effing long? You know. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's one of this and, and part of that I said before is all the grief I got at the beginning of the internet scouting players. You're not a coach. What do you know? I know coaches make mistakes, you know, trust the coaches. I trust the coaches to do what they think is best. I do not trust them to get it right every time or else they wouldn't all get fired. You know, yes, they're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So would I, obviously I'm not saying I'm perfect or better, but sometimes it seems really easy and it's easier to see when you're farther away. Lloyd Cushenberry is a problem for this team. That's, that's what I see. Honestly, all of them were a problem
1: so far this season. Uh, Quinn Miners has been up and down, but a very helpful in the run game. And your best offensive lineman so far this season, dare I say, was Cameron Fleming, who uh, you brought in like right before the season started, which is insane. I wouldn't be upset of bringing him back next year. And, Scott, I do want to disagree with you to a certain extent. Um, I think that, the historically speaking, the right tackle position was not a first-round pick. Uh, mm-hmm. But since the game has changed a bit over the last 10 years where you're before it used to be the blind side versus not blind side. Most of your snaps are coming from uh shotgun these days. It is,
2: but yeah, if you look at the money, the left tackles are still getting paid more. Yeah. The guys that are going higher are playing left tackle. You know, that's, it's still, while it is changing the money and the draft picks still say left tackle is the more important is where yeah. general managers are pouring their resources. I think there's a little bit of selection bias there
1: because a lot of teams are developing offensive lines and you still, the thought process is I put my best guy at left I'm not, tackle. I'm not saying it's
2: right. I'm just saying yes. it's
1: still happening. It, it is still, is still happening. happening. But I think from a team building perspective, tackle is tackle. Uh, if you can get a good one, you can right. shift the line one way or the other. Which, which I agree with. Yeah. I agree Especially with. with how teams, opposing teams these days, defenses, if you will, will identify which tackle is the worst one we'll put our best pass rusher against the worst one. So you need to be strong at both sides. And um, over the last five, 10 years, the best right tackles in football have been first round picks. Not a shock here, but like Ryan Ramchick, first round pick, uh, top five pick um, Lane Johnson out there. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, right tackle, a top 14 pick. My so, point
2: on Kenny's question wasn't, I'm not targeting a right tackle. I'm targeting an offensive tackle. Yes. Yep. You know, um, you're not going, I'm not look. I'm not scouring the right side of somebody's line. I'm looking yep. at a, I'm looking at left and, and normally in college, the best guys, especially in college where there's not as many of them, the best tackles are going to be playing left tackle 99 times out of a hundred in college. Yep. So I'm looking at left tackles as an offensive tackle for my team. And again, and if I move them over to right, that's fine. Yep. Um, But just, you know, don't, don't I? my point was I'm looking at OT, not RT. Yeah.
1: Yep. And that com- the uh, conversation here is not more so directed at you, Scott, but just a, a general for the chat and how I how I perceive it in today's uh, NFL. Ryan Slavik coming in here saying, "Did you guys see the Dolphins? Well, the Dolphins paid Chubb uh, for his contract. Thank God we dodged that bullet." And the Broncos have
2: I I kind of agree with you. Yep. I yep. do. Uh, that's that's part of it. Because um, uh, again, it make people. It, it, I think people would generally be happy if, like Ryan, I don't know if you, if if you heard this when you came in. We're a couple minutes behind on pulling up comments. On trade deadline day, instead of a trade announced, they announced the contract extension that the Dolphins signed. If they announced that for the Broncos, George Payton comes out. We have, we didn't trade Bradley Chubb. No way. We have agreed to a five-year $120 million deal. And then the numbers come out and it's really a three-year $65 million deal. You know, 65 guaranteed. How would that have made you feel? That would have made me nervous. nervous. That, that would have made me nervous. Yeah. And also
1: feeling that... uh the area this team needs to pour resources in is now limited uh, to attack going forward. Now you have more cap space and uh, another draft uh, draft pick to get it. Um, We also got art H coming in saying, is cutting Garrett Bowles an option if we go tackle in the draft? I think cutting Garrett Bowles is an option regardless of tackle uh, in the draft that would come prior to the draft. Uh, Personally, I'm hoping that they approach him with a contract renegotiation where they Let's say they come to him right now. I don't even know what his contract is right now, but I know if you can save
2: a lot of money next yeah, season. His, his numbers aren't terrible next no. year. He's got They're an eighteen terrible. cap hit. That's not. It's high. It'll put him in the top ten, no. but it's not crazy. Jake Matthews, Atlanta Falcons, number goes up to thirty-one next year at yeah. offensive tackle. That's high. Are you still for what he should be? If you cut him, it's performance based, because he's not playing very well. I still think it's close enough that you might renegotiate like Nick's saying, but I don't think yet. But yes, to answer your question, art. Yes. His contract makes him vulnerable. I don't think it'll happen yet. I don't think you can afford it from a competitive standpoint. I don't think you can afford to, uh, to make that move. You have to remake two of the
1: positions on your interior offensive line next year, and right tackle as well. So, it's <laughs> and then you so have much. to remake two positions on 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 at tackle also. Yep. One with a draft pick, and then what? So yeah, I think it's way too much turnover in one season. I think more so, more likely, you approach him with a contract renegotiation that ups the guarantees massively. That would keep him here in twenty twenty three and probably twenty twenty four. Gets him more money in his pocket, gives him some security, uh, kind of like what you did with uh, Graham Glasgow. Uh, Albert Nopper's come in and saying, Who's your MVP in the last game against the Jags? Mine was Dulcich, MVP of the game against the Jags. I mean, it's Draymond Jones. Draymond, the AFC defensive player of the week. Three tackles for loss. Pressures out both Wazoos. I mean, he was he was a man possessed in that game against a very highly paid and talented
2: interior Jags defensive line. Draymond Jones was a dude. I didn't get to watch the interior line on defense as closely as I would normally like. So I'm going to go with the flash play and I'm going to say Justin Simmons because that interception at the goal line changed the game. Yeah. Or I might just go Graham Glasgow because his insertion into the game, changed the game MVP Graham Glasgow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's (laughs) Graham Glasgow follows me on Twitter. So I can't say anything bad.
2: Um, He wasn't, he was, if he wasn't the difference, he certainly was a difference in this game. I do, okay, we've been calling for Graham Glasgow to be
1: started at center for a while, but I don't want that to be misconstrued as he is a long-term answer there. This no. is a stopgap no. beyond he stopgap. He
2: the team right now. Yes. How much? We'll see. We'll yeah. see, but he is a better option. And it was worth, again, just to show some accountability, it was worth making the move just to shake it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Just, to, just to shake it up some. Yeah. Um, and again, I think the same, everybody else has been moved around a little bit. I don't think, I don't think Cushenberry and Dalton Reisner are untouchable. No, you know, I, and, and to this point, Nick, they had been. Yeah. I think there's a good chance that uh, Reisner might be benched
1: at some point, depending on if Tom Compton comes back or if he continues to struggle, we'll see Savage Kev come in and say, what are the chances Peyton trades back? Uh, Cause I think so. It depends on how the board falls. It depends on what the offers are. It depends on how this quarterback class shakes up um, where, where you're picking. So too many factors right now. Peyton said he's going to be on every deal. And that includes trading back. I think it's more likely the Broncos trade back than trade up. I see some people saying the Broncos Mm -hmm. should trade their first round pick this year and their next year to go get the best tackle in this class. Wrong. Oh, that's a, that's a terrible strategy for this team. Um, in my opinion, especially with the uncertainty of the offensive tackle or positions in general, the only position you should be trading up for like that, I think is quarterback. And that's not happening for the Broncos. I just don't like
2: trading up quarterback. Maybe I just, I don't like trading up, you know, having watched this stuff for so long, The the difference between the 25th player and the 35th player is just so minuscule year in and year out that you're better off trading the 25th to get the 30th and the 35th, you know, or the 35th, 42nd and 50th, you know, the more chances you have, the better chances you have of hitting because it's an inexact science. So I don't like the chances are trading back. As Nick just said, much better than trading up trading up, Miss me on that one. Especially where this team
1: is right now. You're going to be paying Russell Wilson a lot of money. And I know the Broncos are going to be wealthy in terms of ownership, but you still have to play around the salary cap. One way to do that when you have a very expensive quarterback is to have young players on cheap contracts going forward. It helps your depth. So free agencies for the immediate, the draft is for the long-term health of the roster. Uh Should be
2: more about that. Lawrence Rivera coming in with the support. Lawrence is still pissed about the trade. He's he's he. he this is our our George Payton don't like him guy <laughs> I mean, right never, now for now, uh, whatever the opposite of a Stan is, you know, that detractor. Yeah. And, and I don't know Lawrence, if you've been a fan for years and years and years, but it, it's hard, you know, Jerry Seinfeld said it 35 years ago, you loot for, you root for laundry. You're not rooting for players. They come and go these days with free agency and, and everything. And, and the, the business of football, they come and go, you're rooting for the Jersey. Yep. Um, which is, you know, you've heard me say before, Lawrence, that when you're in this as a, as a living, as a professional, you end up rooting for the name on the back of the jersey a lot more than the name on the front. And this is why, because you you follow the players, you end up rooting for the players. If I had an emotional attachment to J- Bradley Chubb, I'd be following him in Miami Dolphin. I don't. I don't particularly care. Uh, I'm interested to see how he does, just to analyze a trade and see, it. well, it's, it's talking points. But, you know, we're interested in the Denver Broncos and their comings and goings. But I get it. I do. Um, I think he said he's bought several jerseys and none of them are here anymore. That's so why you go get a, a, a retired player. Someone else mentioned that in the chat. So I, I know you're hurting Lawrence. Um, and George Payton is not infallible in all this. That's for no, sure. Nope, he's not. Uh, but we didn't even read the comment here. Um, uh,
1: but, uh, we appreciate you, Lawrence. What's up guys. I don't even care. Just going to sit back and watch them play this year, but it's Peyton's second year. We've only been getting worse record wise. I don't care about players individually right now, the coaching, uh, hire and the contract extension for Russell Wilson look poor. And, uh, if they don't turn it around next year, he might get another chance at another head coach if Hackett's moved on from, but he's got to start getting it right. Luckily, uh, for Peyton's credit, I think the, the draft picks more or less have been pretty darn good. Uh, So that's something you got to build on. You have another draft pick now. So hopefully that'll continue to be good. And typically it takes, you know, three draft cycles before that, like core of a roster really starts to come together for a good drafting uh, general manager. So hopefully they can stack another solid one on there. It looks like this last draft class is starting to come together as well. I thought Mathis has been playing better and better. Uh, Good to see Benito out there as a, even just, even if he's your first edge off the bench, we don't, we don't need to, uh, rehash that uh, conversation but that's there's a lot of value there if he's a good pass rusher and Dulcich as well so you have what is it a one two threes uh this upcoming draft class maybe even two fours you, you have, to have some,
2: some offensive linemen please
1: i want to pay offensive linemen i don't have time to develop also i don't no, trust wait. butch Berry to develop
2: both. Yeah, both. You know, yeah both you can if you're 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 gonna have to get a couple again i can find players that will help this team right away in the middle rounds and I can find them in free agency. They're cheap. They're cheap. And Tim Durr says, I thought rising was going to be traded at the trade deadline. Uh, Tim, I kind of asked this rhetorically the other day, but if you're on the outside looking in, if you're, let's say I'm a New York giants fan. And I say, why on earth would I want anybody off of the Broncos offense? That isn't good enough for the Broncos offense. I mean, When you, when you think about it like that, it's like, let's go to one of the bottom five offenses in the league and get a guy that they don't want. When you, when you think about it, you'll understand why Reisner was not traded. Reisner is playing terribly. He's, he's not playing very well at all. Who who else would want him? We're trying to bench him. We've been trying to, we've been trying to get him replaced since, well, last year for me. Um, so, if I'm a general manager of another team, why would I be coming after Dalton Reisner with a draft pick? I think you, you might have your answer there. Yeah, I thought maybe you could
1: get a fifth round pick for him, or something like you send a fifth, you get a fifth this year and trade a twenty twenty four seven. But I think the Cushingberry tr- uh, injury might have uh, soiled that ability because maybe you don't trust some of in the interior d- offensive line you have there. So is what it is. Uh, probably gone after the end of the season. Uh, coming back to the point, though, Scott. Um, I am all in. We'll see what happens here. The Green Bay Packers are in cap hell this upcoming offseason. Pay Elton Jenkins a bleep ton of money. Uh, before this season, he was one of the top five interior offensive linemen in football. He can play all five spots on the offensive line as well. Uh, you can. He's scheme versatile as well. He's been dealing with an injury this season. But, man, before this, he was incredible. I am paying that guy big money. Uh, to come to Denver next season, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. I don't care. I am putting a stalwart in here. Um, If it would have been a year ago and the Broncos are in this position, I'd be screaming, pay Brandon Scherf, big money, ended up going to the Jags and that Jags offensive line. We saw it uh, this last week. They are opening up some damn holes uh, right now. And Brandon Scherf's a big part of that. Um, And he's helped Juwan Taylor out there at right tackle, take huge steps forward as well. So um, I am big on uh, Elton Jenkins. And uh, Jenkins is great at guard, not at T says uh, Dr. Van Nordstand. I agree with you. It's that versatility, though, that I think even adds more value. Uh, So I agree. You bringing him in to play guard, but in a pinch, to have that ability to also kick out to tackle is very nice. So I'm looking to do that. And then you can bring in a right tackle and Cam Fleming and hopefully a center as well. Yesterday I mentioned uh, maybe paying uh, Garrett Bradbury, but the more I think about that, I love Garrett Bradbury. But because he is so small, I worry about bull rushers with him. And that's been an issue at Minnesota. And then that can be really compounded. Uh, with Russell Wilson, so maybe a little bit more of a stalwart guy. Someone like Alton uh, Jenkins, who I loved in the draft, wanted the Broncos to draft him over Dalton Reisner in that class. I think he went two picks after Dalton Reisner. So he went for
2: 44 overall,
1: round two. And I think uh, Dalton Reisner went 42 or 41. So there's like Drew Lock and Dalton Reisner back to back, maybe 40. But either way, Elton Jenkins has been awesome. I uh, would love to pay him. But Scott, we got to get to our main topic here. We're at 45 minutes. Some rapid fired on some grades. Uh, I'm gonna go first. The quarterback position. I'm going to give them a, a D plus on the season. Russell Wilson's been poor and also Brett Rippon is bad. Um, the, you can't go put yourself in a situation where your backup quarterback is as bad as Brett Rippon. He's a fine quarterback three, never liked him as a quarterback Um uh, not good enough. I'm going to give him a D, a D plus that's, it's somewhat graded on the curve uh, because I expected more from Russell Wilson, but they've not been good enough. D
2: plus. Yeah. Again, when you, when you factor in expectations, you think it's definitely an F we, we expected so much more on the whole, um, he's had some good, good moments, some bad moments, how much of it's on him, how much of it isn't on him. You've heard me say offensive line a zillion times, um, that again, I, I don't, I wouldn't give him a failing grade, um, uh, but relative to expectations, it's, it's an F and then some, um, in a vacuum, it's probably a D I think that's about right quarterback play. Uh, unfortunately. Okay. Running backs now
1: <laughs> we're, we're rolling through this one, uh, running backs. I'm going to give them a, God, probably a D plus as well. Um, Javante Williams, I thought was looking good there early on the Melvin Gordon fumbles are unacceptable how they're using him now is not great. Latavius Murray. I know that the Broncos are getting three or four yards of carry with him, but it's a rugby scrum. Every time he touches the ball, it's hideous uh, to watch. There's no explosive ability in there. It's just guys pushing each other. Uh, then Mike Boone, actually, I thought Mike Boone might've been your best looking running back there in that jets game. And then he gets injured, which sucks, but uh, the running backs have been poor losing Javante Williams sucks. No doubt. It's a dependent position because of how, uh, the offensive line has stunk. I don't care what the PFF analytics say on that unit. They've been horrible, uh, specifically on the interior. So, uh, I'm going to give the running backs a
2: D plus. I was, I wasn't quite as down on them because I was thinking they'd be higher than that. And then you factor in the fumbles and I move them down to a C. So I think they've been okay, you know, and and that's that's where I am on this. And again, I'll repeat, it's tough to get a good evaluation on the running backs when the offensive line is so poor. So we move on to the offensive line, F. The offensive line has been an F across the board.
1: I'd probably give them a D as uh, overall, just because the injuries that have plagued the unit and a lot of these guys are second, third strings. And the fact that they haven't looked as bad as like the Colts did versus the Broncos is uh, gives gives me a, a little bit of a bump there. I think the pass protection has been okay. Uh, and also Cam Fleming, I think we need to just give him some credit because he's actually come in and been a solid player out there. Quinn Miners in the run game has been good, but uh, I'm going to give them a solid D uh, right now. It's a unit that is going to be massively revamped uh, this offseason. Everything sounds like um, Bronco guys, people connected to the team, keep scouting offensive tackles, get used to the offensive line. Broncos are going to go really hard at the offensive line. This off season doesn't mean they're going to be blinders uh, for that in the draft, nor should they be, uh, could be a cornerback, could be a cod. People will freak out, but could be a wide receiver. Um, just because KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy weren't traded in the trade deadline doesn't mean they're not going to be traded in the off season. They were already put out on the trade block and they were getting offers for them. That doesn't
2: just go away. Uh, so, um, but right now, offensive line. Deep. No, Fleming's been okay. Your tackles have been okay. It's that the the unholy triumvirate of Reisner, Cushionberry Glasgow at guard center guard has been Swiss cheese. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Not uh, even stinky Swiss cheese, because that would at least make you slow down before you went right through it. So it's just, man. it's been, it's been, it's been, they've been a term style. It's terrible. Not good enough. And I. I
1: need to get somebody on ESPN or PFF in here to understand what the <laughs> hell is going on with their grades. Cause like looking at the, the Broncos offensive line is top 10 this season and pass protection and run blocking. Like how, how, I mean this, this team has, I think one 20 plus yard run this season. Uh, I understand that maybe Cushionberry is in front of a guy, but it's in front of a guy, four yards back into the uh, defensive line. Uh-huh. And Red John coming and making me laugh. How do we get Kim Becker in the morning? You guys are an eyesore. Kim has moved on to other opportunities. God bless her. I think she's at Altitude Sports now. So wishing her nothing but the best. I guess we can show some skin on here if that would be no. <laughs> um, but uh, no. Uh,
2: some people going come to in... go
1: up. Some people come in and say uh, flirt with Scott. Sometimes uh, some of the uh, the ladies in here. So uh, sorry, Red John. Um, but uh, moving on now. Uh, wide receivers. I'm going to give the Broncos wide receivers a solid C. I think they are an average unit across the board. Had more hope this season for uh, Cortland Sutton. He started off really hot. I think he threw the first three games. He was one of the top 10 wide receivers in football, according to Football Outsiders. He's fallen off massively in the last three. He needs to be better. He needs also these unit, if they're going to work the quick pass game via the screen, somebody not named KJ Hamler needs to fricking sack up and block somebody on the perimeter because I'm getting sick and tired of seeing Jerry Judy look like he's Elaine, somebody or Colton Sun as big as he is like, just like, Oh, right by me. No way. KJ hammer should be your best blocking wide receiver. That's disgusting. That's despicable.
2: Yeah. That's you said it. I'm not even saying anything else on that. Um, So now you talk me into like a C minus on that, just for the stuff off the ball. Um, yeah. There's been too many drops too. That's I mean, true. across the yeah. board, everybody, you know, everybody wants to get on Jerry Judy about drop balls. I've seen everybody drop passes. Yep. Um, you know, that was maybe in the first or second game, but I watched it in, um, oh, here comes a super. I'm not sure. Sh- two bucks. I'm going to, I'm just kidding. Uh, Woo! Mr. Allen, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Thank you for the support. My friend, uh, keeps us going for sure. Yeah. Um, coming in with the, with the super what's up guys. Should we expect Gregory and Browning back? Definitely need them now. Um, how close is it? How, how close is it? I mean, Gregory is. He should he be could. four. Four. It should be four games. He should be eligible. Eligible does not mean back. Uh, I, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. So, For the but, chat. <laughs> so what, it means, what it means is there should start being some chatter about how close he is. I think if these guys
1: were close and they knew they were going to get one of them back, you do not see the Jacob Martin trade. I think the Jacob Martin trade lends itself to we are probably still three to four weeks away, including the bye week, uh, from getting both of those guys back, maybe even one of them. So I think you probably... It's Probably not going to be until God, I can't even think the Arizona game, maybe. Uh, when you're starting to talk about those guys, I do not expect them back for the Titans. You maybe will get back uh, one of them for Vegas, but I think you're still talking about another four weeks, uh, so three games and the bye week for these guys. But they're evaluating it one week at the time, something can change, uh, rapidly. But I again, tea leaves. Are you trading the draft capital to bring in a, another edge rusher?
2: Uh, if you're bringing back Browning and Gregory soon, I don't think so. I, um, i agree um you just let's put a, a lid on the wide receivers um you know on the offense again I mean the tight me, it's, it's like i almost want to give everybody an incomplete yeah. on offense it's like it's just hard for me to say how good are the wide receivers doing your offensive line stinks how good are your is your running backs doing i don't know because the defensive line is killing your offensive line how well is your quarterback doing i don't know because the defensive line is reading the off is, is abusing your offensive line it's Again, I'm, I hate to keep beating this dead horse, and and Bama X, are you watching all twenty two? I, I hadn't noticed. No, I'm I'm just kidding. If we know you're watching the all twenty two Bama X. You mentioned it every show, so thank you very much. Uh, Judy was definitely more involved in the game. Quick slants, uh, putting them in, you know, in motion, reverse and actually giving them the ball. Wow, what a concept! I said, dude, I've run five thousand fake jet sweeps. Give me the damn ball. Um, Judy is a great guy to have. And I know that I've been
1: lower on him in this fit going uh fit in the offense going forward. But right now, Judy's the only guy you have on offense that if the other team goes to man coverage, he's winning that man coverage matchup. So he's, he's a man beater right now in single coverage. If you get him out there. So that's, I mean, we saw it last week. He had a couple man plays. They found it and they called it. Um, so that's something hopefully you see better going forward. Judy has been a little bit more physical uh, in the blocking game. It's still never going to be a big thing for him. Uh, but definitely has played better, but not to the extent where we can't criticize his play so far the first half of the season um, in regards to the, when the ball's not coming to me, what am I doing?
2: Yeah. And uh, I, I don't want to say he's a luxury player, um, you know, but that's kind of how I, I I think of him a little bit is, you know, is he going to do the dirty work? You know, the guy that doesn't do the dirty work is, is your luxury guy. Um, you know, who's going to be doing your blocking on the outside. Those are core pieces I need someone like Jerry Judy, but after I take care of the other things, which you're talking about blocking out. but he, he is improving. So get him more involved. You'll keep him happy. And, uh, and, and we'll see how it goes over on defense. Um, uh, we'll, we'll we still have tight ends. Uh, I consider them receivers. Um, okay. <laughs> um, they're a, a D on the way up, you know, they I were an, an C-. F minus. it's moved to a D with Dulcich D for Dulcich. Um, not that Dulcich is getting a D, but he's 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 bringing an upward swing where you could be talking B, B plus, B minus by then as a receiver. He's been very, very good.
1: Yep. And uh, Broncos now with the first round pick couple, maybe tight ends to talk about. I am against using a first round pick on a tight end, but I think this team has been best personnel wise. Not the best talent on the field, but the best efficiency when they've been in 12 personnel. So maybe somebody to pair with Dulcich like a Darnell Washington. Scott, have you? you know that does Darnell Washington mean anything to you? Does that name he's the absolute Frankenstein tight end for the, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Everybody loves
2: Brock Bowers, but he's the one who wears zero who is six foot seven, 270 pounds. I've um, seen him for a second. Uh, like just watched him early against Oregon. And, um, but I haven't, I haven't watched a ton of college football yet, Okay, but well, we'll see what happens. I'm probably not about using a first round pick on a tight end.
1: Given what we just saw with the Hawkinson trade value diminishes tremendously compared to value positions, but I digress. Um, Moving forward, uh, I give a C minus D plus for the tight ends, uh, edge rushers. Now, even though they've been injured, I'm going to give the edges an A. Uh, mm-hmm. With that, and this is grading what they learned in the first half of the season. Uh, Jonathan Cooper, uh, Baron Browning, Bradley Chubb, especially Baron Browning. Man, he's been awesome. Uh, Randy Gregory when he was healthy out there, and uh, that's been a good unit. Uh, so and far, Bradley was-
2: Chubb has and been Bradley. part of it this time. Now, can you can? It, I, I agree, it has been an A with all the names you just mentioned. At some point, everybody has chipped in. Benito, I don't know if you said Benito. I did but Benito, yeah. Benito's been in, you know, has has done some good things as well. So as a unit, collectively they've been really, really good. Now, can they cons- can they sustain it? Now that they lost probably their number one, everybody else moves up a notch. Yeah. Um. So we will see. We will we will see how that goes. Um, but yeah, An A for sure. And, and interior line, um, B plus for me um, because I love DJ Jones. I love Draymond Jones. I like Deshaun Williams. I don't and like him I, as a starter, <laughs> but uh, exactly. And and you see more two man fronts. You see more, yeah. you know, more twos in there where, where Draymond and, um, and DJ come in as, as good old fashioned defensive tackles. And if the Broncos stick in this heavy penny front
1: going forward, I think into your defensive line, even though it's been strong is something you consider with the first round of pick uh, just because, That third defensive lineman is a starter. Uh, Deshaun Williams and Mike Purcell, I think, are free agents at the end of the season. And it's a heavy rotational position. So I know it's, I agree with you guys, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Uh, But you have to pick what's from available. And if the best player is an interior defensive lineman on your board by a long shot, that's a versatile player that you can move across the line, nose tackle, five tech, three, uh, three, four, I, whatever. Um, That's something you consider here. Deshaun Williams has been really bad in the run game. Uh, For the most part, it seems like teams are targeting 99 or the edge rushers in the run game running away from uh, number 97 out there, DJ Jones. But Draymond and DJ, they've been great. I give this unit a B Uh, plus. Also, Matt Henningsen. I think he's looking like a solid rotational player coming forward. I don't think he's ever going to be a starter, but a cheap guy who can get out there, play, play positions across the board. Six round pick, I believe. I mean, that looks like a really good pick right now uh, for the Broncos as a uh, another
2: guy coming in as a rotational cheap piece. The, the Georgia-Tennessee game will be lots of players to watch, and I'm actually off this weekend. I will not be behind the scenes Friday night because we've got two baseball games Friday night instead of two on Saturday. Usually I'm at kid Sports all day on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So um, we got scheduled for Friday night for baseball, and that gives me Saturday to watch some college football. So I will definitely check out Georgia-Tennessee.
1: Oh, uh, man, Scott, I'm going to be – I know that you are uh, not about wide receiver, but uh, I don't know how much – Tennessee, Alabama of that game. You watched, I
2: watched the guy go for about 500 yards and 17
1: touchdowns. The receiver. Yeah. You're talking about the receiver. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Number 11, Jalen Hyatt. Oh my God. He reminds me of Will Fuller. Uh, he is just explosive. I think he's got better ball skills, but uh, Jalen Hyatt one to watch. They, Tennessee has an awesome receiving core. Uh, Brew McCoy.
2: Also they, is hell, they incredible. used to be the, Tennessee used to be known as wide receiver. You. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, back in the, back in the eighties. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, that was wide receiver you. And then, uh, well, not anymore, but well, maybe <laughs>
1: yeah. Jalen Hyatt, man. Oh man. He's a explosive play waiting to happen. A lot of fun. Love myself. Some explosive wide receivers. Bama X. Sorry, Bama X. We, <laughs> uh, that's too bad. Ethan coming in here. You might get another chance, Bama X. So just keep playing the games in front of you. Uh, I do like the balls. That's probably my sec team. If I had to pick one, Uh, DWI guys coming in 50 pounds and great shows. Jensen, Broncos country, have a good weekend. And just like that, uh, Ethan's in here. Thank you so much. Uh, Ethan linebackers, 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 linebackers. I'm going to give the linebackers a B minus. You giving them a C I'm going to give them a B minus. Uh, I think Alex Singleton has played well above expectation. Josie jewel when he's healthy is a B solid, just BBB kind of guy, which is fine for what you're paying him. I've been really disappointed in Jonas Griffith. He has not taken that mental step forward. He's caught in the, uh, diagnosing too often. Probably your best guys right now are Singleton. He used to play uh, better
2: when Josie Jewell's on the field with him.
1: Yeah. That's not a coincidence. No, it's not. Um, but I give them minus. A, i a B-. I'm not also just bringing it back here. to keep bringing everything back to the draft. I'm not about taking a linebacker in the top 20 in the draft, really. But let's say you, this San Francisco pick is at pick 28. If there's a linebacker there you love and you're living in penny front, uh, where it's one linebacker that puts a lot of onus on that linebacker. You better mm-hmm. damn well be sure he's smart mm-hmm. and can process things. Because if he's the only one out there, if he messes up, the entire integrity of the defense behind him is screwed, <laughs> um, for real. Um, but um, if there's a linebacker you love who has the the headiness and the processing, yeah. maybe from like pick twenty six on, you can you
2: be it. a good Stanford guy, Boston College guy that are you know that, are, that 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 has the physical tools. could you mention the smarts and the headiness? Um cornerbacks, I'll separate from safeties A. Um, one has been great. We we know Pat Sertan. Pat Sertan's been great. k-1 has been outstanding. Yeah. Another great free agent signing. He's been outstanding. And then, uh, you know, I, I think you've seen how important Ronald Darby was this defense. So yeah. for the first part, he was good. Um, and then, you know, you're doing what you can in the other spot. You you could use a little help over there now, too, though. Um, but I think cornerback's been an A. Safety's been a B minus it's been okay. Uh, you know, aside from a couple, now that Justin Simmons is back, he missed a good part of the first half of the season. Yep. You see what a difference he makes, um, you know, the flash plays and stuff. So it's, um, we're talking about if Justin Simmons plays like he did against the Jaguars, it's an a again. So upward trajectory again, I'm going to give the cornerbacks a B. Um,
1: uh, Kawan Williams has been the dark horse of this team so far this season. You are right. We probably need to be saying his name more often with how good he's been. Um, I'm still, I don't want to cuss because I don't want to get in trouble with this. I'm fuming with that penalty that they called on him, where he tackled that offensive lineman into the uh, the player who got the receipt. I mean, what the he's, hell? He's are physical, we-
2: you know. I've talked about him, you know, setting an edge. I'm like, when yeah. he's by himself over there, he turns into an edge defender. He's physical as hell,
1: and you need that in a penny front. You, you need that in the you, corners, yeah, you, and you need you that in the nickel corner you know.
2: because you are out there at outside linebacker in yep. that same spot on the field. You are, you are responsible for the same kind of gap mm-hmm. as a will would be. So hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. He's
1: been incredible. Um, I know cornerbacks tend to fall off, but he only signed a one year deal. I would be looking to pay him now. You got some money freed up from uh Bradley Chubb. Come on. Let's uh, come back for another year. I guess the big question is if you fire Hackett, then you're running a new scheme and then you're stuck with somebody who's maybe not as much
2: he, of a fit, yeah, but, but he's, he, his skills translate, you know, I want guys that are scheme independent and yeah, physical, quick and good coverage plays in any freaking scheme. I'll take him. Yeah, I'll take him. Yeah, absolutely. He's been an awesome, um,
1: safeties. I'll probably give them a B overall. Um, Kareem Jackson scares the absolute hell out of me. So I don't want to disparage him too much, but he looks three steps slower, uh, this season. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty bummed that as soon as Justin Simmons came back, Caden Stearns gets hurt with a pretty significant hip injury. Uh, so that's probably your 2023 starting, uh, safety duo in Simmons and Stearns. Uh, but uh, I think overall they've been a B. Hopefully they'll get a little bit better out there. But uh, finally, the kicking unit. I'm going to give Brandon McManus a C. I know it's never his fault. He'll be the first to tell you that on Twitter. Um, but uh, Carlos Waitman probably gets a C as well. He's been a B as a puncher, but a D as a holder. So I McManus isn't completely wrong with uh, his uh, saying that sometimes the holds have been wrong. Uh, poor Broncos have tried to bring in long snappers like crazy too, because the long snapper's been bad uh, so far this season.
2: So Probably a uh, C's across the board for the special teams. I'd go a little bit. I'm, I'm a little bit more forgiving. You know, I think McManus is a, is a B. I think he's been, again, it's, it's relative to expectations and, you know, the, the bias. We are all biased, say that a zillion times. We all have biases. It's what makes up our personalities. Um, You know, and the the money McManus thing, is he that guy? No, but he's he's okay. He's still a, a, a professional kicker. Good. Montrell Washington, with the ball in his hands, he's been an A. Uh, but he, I think he's made some mistakes on on fielding the punts, not not just even fumbles, but on you know decisions on when to field the punts mm-hmm. uh, or or return a kick. So that, but you know, I don't mind a rookie erring on being a little aggressive as a rookie. Um, and then punting, I thought um, the, your punting unit uh, has been really good. Uh, again, was it Carlos Williamson? I'm, I'm forgetting. it's Carlos Williamson again? I've said that before. That's a big waiting. nasty from Arkansas. Um, Wait, from man. the 90s championship teams <laughs> um waitman uh he hell, he won the freaking 49ers game i mean it, it, not by himself obviously but he was the key difference in that game so i think he's been pretty good and toy and williams sorry we didn't get to catch up with you over in the uk clocks changed you know thank god i got to sleep an extra hour on that trip ours changed set sunday morning so we'll be back on level terms starting next week and on that we should probably get about out of here nick
1: Yeah, we probably should get out of here. Good show today. Uh, Broncos bye week, good to review the team and talk about this a little more. Uh, Further digesting the Bradley Chubb trade. Uh, We said on here, any trade with Chubb is probably coming with a new deal on the heels of it. Uh, Had to pass that physical yesterday and then announcement coming in today. So uh, congrats to Bradley Chubb uh, securing the bag and uh, I'm pulling for him uh, out there in Miami. I hope it works out for the dolphins in that regard. I'm not dolphins fan by any means, but Bradley Chubb, I think did everything right out here. I know that I think next week his uh, Bradley Chubb has a big uh, event for his foundation in Denver uh, next week, which is kind of bad timing, I guess, but uh, always came across as a very intelligent, hardworking person. So pulling for Chubb, happy to see him get that bag and hopefully he can stay healthy with Miami and don't have to cheer against him succeeding for the Broncos to look good or draft picks or anything. Um, not somebody who left unceremoniously in Denver. I hope he does well. Got it. <laughs> There's be, Ernie Mays. It'll be easy to root against the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ernie, you crack me up, man. <laughs> Booing him. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Um, make sure you're following Scott on our Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod. And, of course, at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook community at Facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Scott, I don't know if you saw somebody, I think it was Travis mentioned that the notifications didn't go up on Facebook for the last few shows. So not sure what's going on there, um, but uh, figured I'd make sure you guys are tuning in. We're pretty, especially Scott and I, we're pretty consistent with our time uh, Mm -hmm. getting on these shows. So uh, just, you know, you don't have to get the notification Um, train yourself to
2: know that we're going to be live at this time as as much as I follow on multiple channels, get the YouTube notifications too. Yeah, you know, Yep. Can help. We actually, so uh, congratulations are in order to the mile high huddle. When I logged in this morning, it was at one seven zero 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 17,000 of y'all follow the mile high huddle YouTube page. So congratulations to Chad and Nick and everybody that's been involved with this over the last several, several years. Then,
1: uh, Been busy. I have not covered this Broncos team when they've had a winning season. I started in 2016. So right after the Super Bowl run, maybe I am really just the bad luck charm here, but appreciate you guys so much. Uh, We will see you guys again next Monday, uh, Monday morning. And uh, who knows what we'll talk about then? Maybe some more Broncos stuff. Maybe some more uh, uh, holistic stuff. I'd love
2: to Something will happen. There'll be plenty of things to talk about. We'll talk about maybe, uh, you know, the latest Josh McDaniels faux pas. (laughs) Yeah,
1: God, I'd also love to talk um, because it is the bye week. Obviously we'll get into Titans. We'll talk a little bit about that Sunday night, Tennessee game, but Broncos are back in the first round of the draft. Might be a time to talk a little bit of philosophy and team building and just directionality. We've kind of hinted at it. Maybe it's time to dig in even a little deeper on that. So appreciate you guys. You guys have a good one. Uh, Make sure you're choosing compassion and kindness. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your bye week. Go Broncos.